Hello and welcome back to Casting Nuts Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Will Harley. Um, I am here by myself today once again. Um, if you have been following our podcast, you know that uh, uh, Don Winsberger, uh, my very good friend and co-host of our show, uh, has come down with COVID. He is on the men's and he is done with his quarantine, uh, but he's still kind of kind of weak and kind of trying to catch back up with a lot of the work that, that he has for the church. And so um, we do have um, a great deal of, of information that we want to try to slog through today. Uh, I shouldn't say a great deal, uh, but you won't have him on the show probably for, oh, at least the month of December, and hopefully he'll be back in January, um, but but we're playing it by year as he, he plays catch-up, and, and he'll decide when, when he feels ready to, to come on back and, and join us on the show. So um, you get me today, and you get my rambling thoughts, and so we'll give our, our brief disclaimer. Um, this show is is really just my thoughts and opinions for right now, and when Don is on, it's, it's our thoughts and opinions. Uh, it doesn't necessarily reflect um, the teachings of the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Church or of our called bodies, of which we are a part, but it does hopefully reflect uh, what the scriptures say. And so if that is the case, it should also then reflect the, the teachings of the church body we're a part and the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod. But if there's something that we say that you are offended at or something that, that is said that, that makes you question what's going on, uh, please don't hesitate to, to contact us, give us a call, um, find us at church, um, whatever the case may be, uh, to let us know that, that you have a question. So today, as we gather, uh, we are going to be talking about the church. And so let's get some intro music into our topic and let's start talking about the church. All right, welcome back. As we talk about the church today, we are we're continuing our studying on the Augsburg Confession, the unaltered Augsburg Confession, and uh, we are looking at Article Seven and Eight, which is talking about the church. So we we did talk uh, last week. Um, we had a, a really good conversation, uh, or two weeks ago actually, because last week was Thanksgiving. Two weeks ago, we had a good conversation on good works, and so today we are we're really gonna. Um, switch our little focus a little bit and, and talk um, somewhat on on the church and, and what does it mean for the church what what is what is this thing we call church um, I, I think sometimes we forget what it is sometimes we don't understand what it is and sometimes um, we we live in a society that that doesn't help us understand what church is. Um, sometimes we we think church is this uh, gathering of a bunch of people in in fellowship. Sometimes we think that church is this um, community event. Sometimes we think uh, church is this this boarding place, like some of our kids might, right? You know, this boarding place where where um, all of a sudden you go and you hear someone tell you what to do, and you maybe listen to some music, you maybe sing some hymns. And then you, you, you're done, and you go home, and you're like, "Oh, that was church, and it was horrible." Um, but that's that's not really what church is. Um, so we turn our attention to the 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 two articles that we are going to deal with, and we'll we'll try to take them 
sort of in succession here. Uh, I will read them for you because they're short, and then uh, we'll, we'll have an opportunity to talk about them. So here's Article 7 of the Augsburg Confession, and it's entitled The Church. Our churches teach that one holy Christian church is to remain forever. The church is the congregation of saints, Psalm 149, verse 1, in which the gospel is purely taught and the sacraments are correctly administered. For the true unity of the church, it is enough to agree about the doctrine of the gospel and the administration of the sacraments. It is not necessary that human traditions, that is, rites and ceremonies instituted by men, should be the same everywhere. As Paul says, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all, Ephesians chapter 4, 5 through 6. Article 8, picking up also with the question, what is what the church is? Strictly speaking, the church is the congregation of saints and true believers. However, because many hypocrites and evil persons are mingled within them in this life, Matthew 13, 24-30, it is lawful to use sacraments administered by evil men according to the saying of Christ, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, Matthew 23, verse 2. Both the sacraments and the word are effective because of Christ's institution and command, even if they are administered by evil men. Our churches condemn the Donatists and others like them who deny that it is lawful to use the sacraments of evil men in the church and to think that the ministry of evil men is not useful and is ineffective. So here we have uh, really two wonderful uh, descriptions of what the church is. Um, and I think it's it's something that we need to... Um, understand and, and really take a time to look at because I think we, like I said in the beginning, we, we fail to understand really what, what the church is. And, and we see all these variations of what you could call church in, in the Christian sphere and in, in what is called the Christian church. And, and I think it's one of those things where there really isn't that many, much of a difference. There is a difference in the sense of there's there's Reformed, there's Catholic, and then there's there's Lutheran, um, and I would agree with that. Um, and the reason that that difference exists isn't in the sense that we don't want to come together and we don't want to worship our Lord. It is as our as as we say in the Confession, it rests on the understanding of the gospel and the administration of the sacraments. Where where the administration of the sacraments is not or is denied there really isn't church where the gospel is not taught in its truth and its purity, then there really isn't church. So, so here's kind of what I mean. So we, we would say, and, and you have to help you try to understand it, that the, that the preaching of the gospel is, is law that condemns the, the sinner. Um, and then the preaching of that, it is not us who do anything, but it is all in Christ who does everything to, to win us, to redeem us, to cover us, to cleanse us by his innocent blood um, and gives to us forgiveness. That is the proclamation of the gospel. It is not what we do, but is what is done in Christ, all in Christ from beginning to end. 
And, and so as we have this opportunity and we, we, we kind of look at this and take a step back and say, all right, so here's a church. A church believes in the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is law. I am a sinner. Here is the mirror. The law is the mirror. First article, use of the law. And, and it shows me that I am not what God has said I should be. Then it is the curb keeping me from, from doing really gross, horrible things. And here's the gospel that says, this is what Christ has done for me as he has become flesh, um, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. On the third day rose again. Why? To redeem me, uh, a poor, uh, miserable sinner um, that I am. He has done all this to redeem me, to win me back, not with gold or silver, but with his holy, innocent, precious blood. Um, what a wonderful thing to be able to say. So, so that's the, the gospel. And now that's that's misconstrued, I think, in in so many ways. We we live in a society that 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 looks at that and says that's too easy, right? I'm not going to say it was free because Christ had to pay for it, and He had to pay for all of our sins, and He had to suffer hell. But but it seems too easy because what do I have to do, right? And and this is where many many churches differ in the very core of the gospel. You see, the very core of the gospel is is that Jesus has done everything. You have done nothing. But we don't like that as people because as people, we are very much um, egotistical, maybe is a good word to say. Um, we, we think too highly of ourselves. Um, you could maybe say that we have a, a very high anthropology. That's a really big word too, which means that we we think that mankind is better than it than it it is, and so we have this in our head that the church should be this place where where it encourages us to do better. It it is a place where where we should be going out and we should be working in the streets and volunteering our time and, and we should be giving to the poor and we should and, and those things are good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not saying those are bad. But but that's what church should be. And and that's not it. What it is, church is, is it's gathering around that gospel message that says, This is what Christ has done for you. Not what you do for yourself, not what you think you can do, not what what for some reason you believe you are able to add to what God is going to give to you or that you've done something to gain God's favor and make him look on you with, with any type of, uh, of pleasure or mercy or grace. That, that's not it. And if we think it is, we've, we've really failed miserably in applying to ourselves the, the truth of what it is that Scripture has, has given to us. Because what we have in the scriptures is, is very clear. All our acts are like filthy rags, Isaiah says. All of them. Every one. Not, there is not one who does not sin. No, not one. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Paul says in Romans. Or, or in Genesis, right? Chapter 5. Um, that, that God looked uh, upon mankind and, and, and evil was in their heart of every single one. Or, or in the Psalms, uh, the Lord looks down from heaven to try to find one who believes. And there is no not one. All have been corrupt. All have become horrible people. Sin has affected all of us. And, and, and so when we gather in church, we are gathering around this gospel message that says, this is Jesus for you from first to last. 
This is, this is Christ serving you, God serving you, pronouncing forgiveness for you in, in, a, in a way that you, you wouldn't understand, you couldn't understand, you, you, you um, just is amazing and, and awesome and glorifying. And if you don't come together with that idea, if you don't come together with the the very basic of grace, God's undeserved love for you in Christ Jesus, you don't do anything. You can't ask for it. You you start to question: Are we even in church, or is this just something to pump up my own ego? But then in our in our confessions, we we expand that out because we we say it's not just the word, but it's it's the full means of grace. Another term that we use that means God's way of of giving to us that undeserved love, and it's through His Word, which is the gospel, right? But, it, but it's also through the sacraments and correctly administrating the sacraments. Now, see, there's so many churches out there that don't, don't believe in the sacraments. They, they've stripped the sacraments of all of their, their glory and their grace that's given to you as God serves you through them. And they say, well, how can, how can water, right? How can water do anything? Uh, that must be just a sign. That must just be be something that that you do to show everybody else that you are now a, a disciple of a follower of of Jesus. No, that's not what God says. That that's not what Scripture says. That's not what First Peter chapter three verse twenty one says. That this water, which is baptism, now saves you, not the washing of dirt from the body, but the the cleansing of a good conscience before God in Christ Jesus. I mean that that's. That, that that doesn't make any sense. See, God uses baptism. It, it's, a, it's his physical way of him reaching through time and space to, to in, a, in, a, in another way, show you how much he cares, how much he loves you. It, it, it's like saying, and, and I've used this illustration many times, and it's, it's appropriate. You know, if you are, are married to your spouse and the only thing you ever said to them is, I love you, I love you, I love you, but you never gave them a hug, aren't you missing something? And, and, and the sacraments, the sacraments are God's way of reaching out and he hugs us. We've talked about this. We talked about the sacraments more in depth. But that's part of the church, that if are we correctly approaching the gospel, that it is in Christ and Christ alone that we are saved. And this is what we are preaching and teaching. Not only are we sinners in need of a Savior, but here he is, Christ, for you. And then are we administrating the sacraments? Are we sharing the sacraments in all of their glory the way that they are supposed to be shared and administered? That here is baptism. God's word working in water, a physical element by the command of Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And we offer it here in this place. And then connected to that is the Lord's Supper that we are offering this bread and this wine that with God's word is connected and now in this mysterious way becomes in, with, and under that bread and wine, body and blood of Jesus for you, ripping open heaven so that he can come down and provide for you that which strengthens your faith and that which forgives your sins. And are they present within the church? And if they are, that's church, right? If, if the gospel is there and the sacraments are there and they're, and they're taught in all of their force and all of their purity and all of their joy and the grace of God is given through all of these means, that is church. And it's glorious. 
Sometimes, though, we forget that. And, and even in the Lutheran church, sometimes we forget that. And, and we look to other things that maybe have a portion of that given. And, and we, we focus our attention there because they're doing something that we think is needful and, and good. And maybe you're a part of a church that has a school. And, and, and maybe the tendency is, well, we're going to focus our attention on the school because the school is this outreach and school is this, this thing for our young and the school is teaching God's word and, and it's good. And that's an arm of the church. It's, it's a way in which the church helps to work within the world and with families in which we have. But that's not church. That school isn't church. The daycares, if you if your congregation has a daycare or a preschool connected to it, that, that that's not church. Yes, they're preaching the gospel and they're sharing Jesus Christ and him alone and they're, they're helping with the forgiveness of sins so that, that their students understand the proclamation, the declaration of, of their sins gone in Christ. But the school does not baptize. The school does not offer... The Lord's Supper, the sacraments aren't there within the school. The school is a is a, a portion of the work of the church. Everything must come back and center upon the altar of God. It comes back and centers around the pulpit. It centers around the, the baptismal font. It centers around the very key elements of the means of grace seen in its totality there within the church. And if you lose your focus from what is given and flows from the church, you really lose your focus on everything else. What's the point of the school? What's the point of the daycare? What's the point of the outreach? What's the point of the community events? What's the point of any of these things if they are are absent from or devoid of those key elements of the means of grace, the gospel in word and sacrament? And, and that's the important thing. Now, you can have a church, and we do, within the Lutheran church, there's, there's many variations and flavors. Some churches love guitar music, and they have drums, and they do the whole band thing. And some of them, you know, love the organ. And some of them uh, are, are somewhere in between. They play pianos. They have a mixture of everything. Some of them have, have I don't know, their own traditions. You, we're coming to the Christmas season, so maybe your church doesn't put up Christmas trees. Uh, maybe you just do the Advent wreath. Maybe maybe you are a church that loves to decorate for Christmas, and you got Christmas everywhere. you got three, four, five trees, and, and everybody loves to, to deck the halls and make this look beautiful. Uh, maybe you're, you're somewhere in between. Uh, maybe your church, like my church, doesn't want to light the, the, the Christmas trees until Christmas. That's okay. That, that doesn't make you less church. It makes you different, and, and different is fine. Those are, those are the customs, those are the, the rites, those are the ceremonies, those are the things that, that we put in to each individual church, um, not because they're good or bad or whatever, it's just because that's the group we're in. And, and, and we got we to gotta be able to separate that, that, that those are not things that have to be for this to be church. No, those aren't things that have to happen, otherwise, oh no, we're, we're no longer... Christian or we're no longer Lutheran. No, that, that, that means that that's, that's just a part of your church's heritage, and that's okay. But overarching is the gospel. Overarching is, is the means of grace, word and sacrament, that are, are there for us um, that we would have. Now, in, in the middle of this, and this moves us into the conversation on Article 
8. In between all of this is, is the concept of what is church and, and, and maybe the concept of what the church is. And to, to kind of just rephrase what, what the confessions are saying here, what Augsburg Confession is saying here, is that there is what is called a visible church, and then there is called what is the invisible church. And the visible church is the church um, that you see when you come on a Sunday. Um, it's the church that you're seeing probably on your internet screens because most people are worshiping from home. It's the church that gathers. And and in that visible church, you have some people who are, are faking it, right? Some people who are, are coming to church because, you know, um, grandma and grandpa, um, they come to church. And if I don't come to church, they're going to be upset with me. So I, I show up. I don't really believe it, but I show up. And then you're going to have some who are, are weaker of faith. You're going to have some stronger of faith. You're going to have some uh, who are 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 there because they think this is this is going to be good for me and um, people will think better of me. And so they're showing up not because they believe uh, what is being said, but because they think it, it, it makes them look better within the community. And of course, you're going to have those those, like I said, people who are strong and weak in faith um, and they're true believers and they come and they gather because that's in church is where Christ serves them. God serves us. We don't serve him. We respond to him after he serves us in, in, in words of praise and songs and hymns um, and offerings. But but really, it's God serving us there in church. So that's the visible church, right? That That's the place where we gather, um, all of us in, in person, and we sing and we enjoy and we and there's, there's sinners there, and there's saints there, and there's unbelievers there, and there's what they call hypocrites, people who act like believers but really aren't believers, and they're all a part of it. Um, and, and then you have what is called the invisible church. The invisible church is just that, um, the church that only only Christ knows. Those are the those are the people who transcend the physical location, the 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 the, the body of believers that is worldwide of those who are truly found in faith, those who, who the Holy Spirit has worked through and claimed, and, and only God knows who they are. And, and they endure, um, and, and they gather, and they desire to be around the, the proclamation of the Word, and they desire to engage in the sacrament. Um, and, and you would say that the, that the invisible church is always present in the visible church, but not everybody in the visible church is always a part of the invisible church. So, so I hope you understood that. I'll, I'll try to slow it down. So members of the invisible church, that is those who are truly found in faith, are always present in the visible church. Always. Because they will want to gather around the word and sacrament. But not every member in the visible church is a part of the invisible church. It doesn't happen all the time. So there's this, there's this tension that we have. Now, there was a time, and sometimes even still today, where there were some who believed that because there were hypocrites in the visible church, sinful people, um, wicked people, that they could, those wicked people couldn't, uh, work in the church, they couldn't be pastors, they, they couldn't offer the sacraments because their sin 
their hypocrisy would taint the sacraments. And those are the Donatists, essentially. And so what our confessions say is that you might have somebody who doubts faith. Here's the hypothetical. You have a pastor who who stands up and he preaches a wonderful sermon that is true to God's word, and he administers the sacraments true to God's word. Um, the words of institution are there as he administers the sacraments um, for, for the Lord's Supper, um, and he, he hands it out to the members. The Donatist would say that pastor, if he didn't believe, let's say he was struggling in his faith and, and he had his doubts, that pastor, they would say, can no longer do those duties because the sacraments would be tainted by them and that they wouldn't offer the forgiveness of sins. And his sermon would no longer have in part because it would no longer be spoken by someone who truly believes those words and therefore taint those words. Our confessions step back from that and say that that's not true because the word is instituted by God himself. The sacraments are, are, are instructed and commanded and, and they work because of Christ, not because of us. And so they say, you know, there's always times when you might, ha- uh, might have a clergy or an elder who struggles in their faith. We all do because we're people. We're, we're sinful people, too. And, and we have points that we're weaker and points that we're stronger. And they have times that we commit sin because that's just who we are. Now, now hopefully it's not some gross, horrible sin that would remove us from ministry. But we all, we all sin because we're sinners. And, and so the Donatists were saying, well, if you're a sinner, you're not holy, and therefore you can't do this. And, and, and the confessions say, no, 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 no. That, that you have no bearing. You yourself have no bearing on the sacrament. You yourself have no bearing on the word. Where the word is preached, where the sacraments are administered rightly according to how the scriptures have dictated for them to be done, Christ works because he promised to. Christ works because... That's that's what his promise is, his command to do. So the power isn't coming through me, it isn't coming through them, it's coming through Christ. It's coming through the one who, who instituted it, who commanded it, who promises to be there and promises to work through that. And so as we talk about the visible church, realize there are going to be hypocrites. Yep, that's true. And there's going to be believers. Yep. That's true. And there's going to be people who are struggling with sin. Yep, that's true. And there's going to be people who are forgiven from sin. Yep, that's true. And all of it centers on Christ who does the forgiving, not not us. It's Christ who has paid for it all. Christ who has won it all. You know, my mom um, just every now and then comes up with some just awesome illustrations. And one of the things she always reminded me was, was church is not a museum for saints. She said it's a hospital for sinners. And I was I loved that. Because you don't you don't walk into church expecting to see a bunch of holy people. You walk into church expecting to see sinners just like me who need to be there because because Christ is serving us to heal us and make us better. And that's something. 
That's, that's amazing. And that's important. And if you're coming to church and you're not being healed, something's wrong because that means the gospel and the sacraments are not clearly being administered. If you're coming to church and, and you, you, you leave wondering, was I forgiven? Were my sins gone? Was Christ there? If you question those things, then something is wrong because we gather to gather around our Lord and Savior Jesus in the gospel and in the sacraments. And, and we gather as sinners who are hopefully a part of the invisible church because we are brought by faith through the sacraments, through the word, through the working of the Holy Spirit into the church. But but even not, that, that even those who are not part of the invisible church are gathering and they're hearing God's word so that the Spirit will work. And that is our prayer. And, and if we aren't in agreement, if we're not in agreement on the gospel and if we're not in agreement on the sacraments, and that these sacraments are God's gift and grace to us, and that they forgive sins, and that they work repentance, and that they they bring us to faith, then we we aren't in the same church, and we're not gathering in the same way. We're not maybe even worshiping the same God, because the God that we worship is the one who has promised to be there in those things, and he has promised to work in those ways, and he's promised to be present and serve us in that aspect. And so we gather. And that's church. What a wonderful thing for us to think about as as we have opportunity to continue in worship in a time frame when really so many people are saying close the doors to the church because because there's a pandemic and there's so much concern and, and I get it and I understand and I'm not judging anybody. But we need to realize what church is, and we need to realize the gift that God has given us through it, and and we and the gifts that the church provides, as as Christ serves us through her, through the church. Um, so God's blessings as as you wrestle with this yourself. God's blessings as as you struggle with with understanding it. Um, next time we gather, we are going to be talking about uh, confession, and we're going to be talking about repentance. And so we, we kind of look forward to gathering and, and, and dealing with that. Um, in the next couple of weeks, I hope to have a, a small segment here on, on a reminder of what Christmas is all about and uh, uh, focusing a little bit of our attention on, on the upcoming holiday season. We'll take a break between the, the Christmas um, holiday and uh, the Christmas celebration and our New Year celebration. Uh, we'll probably have a, a short break there and then we'll be gathering in the new year and, and doing some work on, on well, Epiphany and, and working our way through the uh, Augsburg Confession and, and make sure we get all that covered for you so that you know a little bit more about what it is that we, we believe when we say we believe in the Augsburg Confession. What does that mean? And, and we'll continue our, our look at that. So until then, uh, dear brothers and sisters, may God richly bless you and keep you. Um, may he ever look upon you and, and give to you his his mercy and his grace through his son, Jesus Christ, in the church, through the church, uh, preaching, teaching, administering the sacraments for you as God serves you. Have a great day. Have a great week. And we will talk to you next time.